Hi everyone, it is Marilyn Alori and welcome to Who Gonna Be Now? And we have another really, really special interview for you. Today is Michelle Wolf. So when I was doing Membership for Your Soul, we would have guest teachers come on and talk um, to teach a class about their specialty. And my assistant at the time, Laura, was really good at finding people. And she found this amazing woman, Michelle Wolf, who I didn't know at all. And when I, what I, I love that though, I actually love not knowing anything about a person when I interview them, because it really puts me on the side of being extremely inquisitive, learning, listening even deeper and learning something new, which is great. So I tend to do all my interviews now in that way. I don't like oversaturate myself in their material. I bring people on that I have, um, that I know a bit because I'm not going to interview someone that I don't know at all because I'm very picky about people. I don't just interview any Joe Schmo, especially since I'm bringing them to you and I want to make sure they're the right person. But in membership for your soul, Laura would do the um, gate, be the gatekeeper at first. She would interview the person. She would meet the person then she say, cause she knew exactly what I would like. And she'd say, okay, this person's great. And she always knew that I didn't like people with a lot of ego who were very like, you know, not nice. I liked people that were very giving of their soul and their work in a way that, you know, is beautiful and beneficial. Of course, I don't want people to give things away for free. Okay. I am packing in a lot in this intro, but I'm just going to leave it because it's late and I'm tired, and I want to get you to this interview. So Michelle Wolf um, discusses Forest Reiki. And this interview was done a while ago. Like I said, it was in Membership of Your Soul, and I pulled it out. And I remember doing this interview with her and being so impressed and engaged energetically with the conversation because I love the forest. I absolutely love it. I love going into the woods. It's so healing for me. And I she's an expert in this area about forest bathing and the symbols of forest Reiki and the way to like handle um, if you live in the city and be with the trees, you know, and you're just going to love this and how forest Reiki can heal your nervous system. And anybody who's been through trauma understands how the nervous system can get out of whack. So I remember like listening to her and being like, just eating up every single thing that she was saying. So you are going to love, love, love this interview. Make sure that you check the show notes to find out more about Michelle Wolf. I really like sharing these magical people with all of you. I feel like it, I know when I'm looking for somebody, it's always easier to hire someone who comes through a recommendation, right? And I hope that I can be that resource for all of you by putting people in front of you that I have interviewed, that I've gotten to know. And that I put in front of you as, here's a good person, try this person out. Trust me, if for some reason somebody got through the gates and I interviewed them and I didn't like them, I would not be bringing them to you because I really want to put people in front of you that I have an intuitive sense that are going to be really, really helpful to your journey. So I know that you're going to love Michelle. I loved her when I interviewed her. I was quite impressed by her and you're going to really enjoy this forest Reiki discussion. So you'll hear a little music and then you will go into the interview. And as always, if you like my work, please um, rate, review, subscribe. And if you're on YouTube, hit the button. I think there's a button now there <laughs> to subscribe to our videos and also um, check us out on Instagram and Facebook. I can't remember what my... Um, new assistant. She's so much more than an assistant. Jess told me I had to do in these intros because she's helping me with YouTube and everything. So I don't remember, but do whatever pops up. It's going to pop up and do it. And that would be great. Thank you so much, guys. And enjoy the interview. Bye.
Um, okay, everyone. So before I tell you about this a magical guest we have today, um, so my assistant, Laura, does a lot of the finding of these incredible people that come in and um, talk with my members in Membership for Your Soul. And we have now started, you know, this is actually for Membership for Your Soul, this special talk today. But we're starting to bring it out into our business page and to a bigger, larger community because we want everybody to experience these magical teachers that we find. I am a big believer in finding people that don't teach from ego and really are out there doing service because that's what they do. And so I didn't know anything about Michelle and I'm going to tell you all about her. But when I read what she does, I was like, oh, I can't friggin' wait to talk to her. So <laughs> welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So let me tell you a bit about Michelle so we can all like hear about her. I'm going to read her bio and then we're going to just jump into this conversation and I'll look at the Facebook page in a minute. But if you're on the Facebook page, please say hello. Tell us where you're from. And we're going to be talking about trauma and, and procrastination and things that I just had an EMDR session right before this. So uh, yeah. very, very much. I'm That's surprised you're like. able to function. <laughs> I, you know, I'm pretty amazed myself. I think it's all the work that I've done on myself that I can jump in. So the title of our conversation is how can tree consciousness end procrastination? And Michelle, I just have to show you where I moved. Can you see oh, that? Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so it's Perfect. all... So I can't wait to get to know you. Um, so let me tell you about Michelle Wolf teaches and coaches using story, humor, some salty language right up my alley. <laughs> she holds a master's degree in education, has 25 years of experience working with people and loves to help multi-passionate people stop procrastinating, focus up and get stuff done. And I think this is so timely right now with us starting to ease out of um, the pandemic of world is opening up more and right. what have you been procrastinating to do? So you're going right. to get to meet someone who can teach all of you how to really focus and get out of procrastination. She's been a therapist specializing in trauma, mental health, health and addictions. She's now an author, trauma informed coach, human design specialist and the creator of forest Reiki energy healing. She uses laser-sharp laser intuition, channeled information, and at times communications from those who've crossed over to guide people from confusion to clarity and from resistance to inspired action. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. You do what I do when I listen to my bio. I'm like, hmm. Uh, <laughs> Michelle. Well, clearly there's something on the desk that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> I uh, muted make sure it's the right mic. Um, what I want to ask you right off the bat that I think is super important is how you got to this work because a lot, and I'm going to grab a pad so you don't mind and I'm going to walk away. I'm very unprofessional when I do these things. I just like yeah, to let it Good. <laughs> so, but I really would like to know just a little bit about you because a lot of people are on this spiritual journey, have experienced trauma and I believe through their traumatic experiences, they've created and found their gifts. Can you just share a little bit about your story? Because I'd love to hear it. Uh, I'm 54, so it could take a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 55, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've never quite known how I've ended up in the jobs I've had. I just I find myself in odd spaces and 
um, my very first professional job, everything's always been crisis work mm. and trauma related and both sides of my family have addiction issues. My father died of addiction issues. Mm. Um, just so you know, there's always been that fascination with brain science and how does addiction work. And, but my first job was as an emergency medical technician when I was only 18 in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, so a huge city. Uh, and it was a county area. Um, and that was when I first started being aware of people who died. We picked up uh, bodies of people who had died recently or not so recently. And I was aware of them being there and I didn't love that. I, I was uh, at 16, my mom had started dragging me kicking and screaming to all kinds of meditation and chakra classes. This was in 1985-ish. Um, and I hated all of that. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with any of it. Um, but I went and uh, complained a lot and then started hearing from the dead and didn't want that. And my mom helped me with it, you know, figure out boundaries and what to do. And, uh, and then after about a year of that, I was like, yeah, I'm done. I don't want any of that. And I just said no to all of that. And then uh, became, you know, social work. I said, put me anywhere except child protective services. And so I ended up in child protective services. And so lots of like, trauma from my jobs <laughs> yeah and always crisis work and then in 2000 early 2000s I was just burned out and I didn't even realize how badly burned out I was we, I had taken a break and then the agency had changed us back to child protective or, you know abuse investigation and things like that which I did not want um, so I was spending a whole lot of time in the woods and like every break I had, every lunch hour, uh, mountain biking or walking through the woods near the uh, office in Fort Collins, Colorado. And one day I was out there crying. I was usually crying. And um, I just got hit with this feeling of beings, presences around me. And they sort of wrapped this cloak of rainbow light around me. And my hands got very hot. I had, was a Reiki master, but I didn't use it much. And it felt like the interior, uh, like the palm of my hands, it felt like they turned to like this liquid white light. And I was just sobbing and it was raining. Like it was very dramatic. And then I went back to the office and was like, well, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do much with it, you know, except for myself and started doing it more and more. Then in 2016, was living in the forest in Georgia uh, with doing online stuff because there was nowhere to work up there. And I kept hearing from the trees and they kept giving me images of tree, these big trees and each root ball of every tree had a person in it, like cocooned mm. in this root ball. And uh, I was feeling a lot of pressure. I mean, they don't pressure you, like nothing pressures you. We have free will. Yeah. We get to yeah step it away but I kept getting these insistent messages of this needs to be out there you're doing this work but not telling anyone and I was like yeah I don't want anybody to know that's why I don't tell anyone <laughs> <laughs> and it was sort of like prepare like get ready and I know we were expecting some changes but I had no idea I guess I don't think any of us knew about COVID or any of that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um 
And so I find I was taking a class with Dana Wild. I don't know if you know her, it's called the Celebrity Formula. It was getting yourself out there and stuff. And finally it was like, I was hanging in this tree swing out in the woods and they were just giving me these images and images. And finally it was kind of like, get over to yourself. Mm. Like you have a tool that takes Reiki to a whole nother realm and you're not sharing it with anyone. And there's these things coming and people need to be protected in the root ball. So I did it. And then that video is still on my webpage where I just was like, blah, 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 stuttered, sweated, almost broke into tears. Cause then everybody would know what a weirdo I was. <laughs> all the people I had worked with in law enforcement and district attorneys and all the professional people. So it was like crossing this boundary. But that's that's where that piece of it came from. And it has grown slowly ever since. I've got a few certified teachers now. And I don't know how many people have gone through level one and two. And you can get certified and make your money back. and uh, But you don't have to. Uh, and it's, it's much more feminine, embodied, down in the hips kind of energy work. And um, that started making connections to nervous system and what state our nervous system is and then that all led to you know all parallel things human design and starting business training and getting people to use these tools to stop procrastinating and, and get their great ideas out there yeah it's um it's amazing so why don't you tell us a little bit about like what forest bathing is and um, why it's so popular and it's and just start with forest bathing then tell us how it's why it's popular and then how it's different from forest reiki so yeah. i have a, I, a, a umbrella of where we can dive into okay yeah um forest bathing was uh is a, the the japanese started studying medically what happens to you when you go into the woods so they were and there's great data. They were taking blood pressure, heart rate, all these things, and saliva testing. There's a certain hormone in your saliva that can be tested, uh, sending people off into the woods and then retesting them when they come back. Um, and there's, as you would expect, notable drops in heart rate and blood pressure and temperature, and this particular hormone in your saliva drops dramatically. So we know that and we can prove that when we go stand by a tree, it does something for our physical body. That's why we do it. You know, that's why we like going into the woods is because we feel so much better. So there's that, there's that science piece. But forest bathing is uh, almost, I would say, a passive activity. You take your body into the woods and things happen. And you feel better and you may have insights and you might get messages from the trees and plants or feel close to nature. You might, if you're lucky, tap into that sense of oneness, mm -hmm. that wordless space where you can't really describe anything. Um, whereas forest Reiki is a, oh, it's so popular because we, we suffer, we're suffering. We're so stressed out. Yeah. Uh, even more so now, you know, the one, I mean, there are some good things we can take from the last year. And one of those is people got outside. Uh, they had the time to get outside and recognize how stressed they had been 
and experience that release of being outdoors and picking up gardening again and just going to the parks because that's about the only place you could go. Um, whereas Forest Reiki is a direct partnership with the plant consciousness. So trees primarily, and that's all the trees. Um, energetically, all the trees of the whole world, it, uh, you can tap right into that. Consciously, you're, you're doing a process with intention to heal. Um, it's interactive. Uh, you're working on someone in person or at a distance, just like regular Reiki in that way, you can work in person or at a distance. Um, but you're being guided by and exchanging energy with um, plants, trees. So sometimes they will send a message for that person. Um, much more so in Forest Reiki do uh, ancestors show up with messages. Uh, I never had that happen with regular Reiki, not to say that it doesn't, but right. I never had it happen. Um, it, most people I have taught it to and who actively use it report that their anxiety just pretty much disappears, that they can manage it better because they're, a, they're more aware of their body and it's very grounding down deep in your feet and in your pelvic bowl. Um, so it feels more to those of us who are trained in both methods, it feels much more um, feminine and uh, you're incredibly powerful, but you're not going anywhere. You're not sending anything to anyone. You're grounding yourself and connecting with that consciousness and then building this radiant field where then the person in front of you can grab all that to the extent that they're capable of and do their own transfer transformation. And the side effect of all that is your own nervous system remembers what it's like to be grounded, focused, very, very present. Um, and then as people start to carry that out into their lives, all these other things start to unwind like the domino effect. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's fascinating to me. So Reiki's been around for a really long time. How long has forest Reiki been around? Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one to ever have an experience like that. Um, so is this something that you've created? Yeah. Okay. That that makes sense to me. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I I mean, I can't, I've never, I'd love to think I'm the only one. I'd love, <laughs> I'd love to yeah. think I'm that special, but I know I'm not. I'm just the only one who's put it into a structure and made it teachable that I know of made it teachable to others uh, and gave it a little bit of structure where it can be more useful. Do the symbols live inside the tree? Because Reiki symbols, isn't it, that you're working with? There are symbols that for focusing the energy and there are symbols in forest Reiki. They're very simple. Um, it's to me, now I'm sure other practitioners might disagree with me, but to me, the symbols are a focusing tool. Mm. We're at the heart of it, remembering who we are and being in those moments to the best of our ability, a soul married to a body shining through with the support of and the awareness of these other energies that are around us at all times. And we're aware of them and we're aware of their awareness of us. Yeah. Uh, so it's this beautiful give and take partnership um and a to me it's like remembering who we are and what we have 
I love that. So are you tapping into trees that not necessarily in your physical world, like are these trees anywhere in the world? Are they also trees that live in other dimensions? Like I think so. Yeah. yeah I believe so because I believe we have access to all, I'm a multiverse believer, you know, that we have access to time that's folded and yeah, we can access all the things all the time. Our mind can't really handle that much. But when we go beneath our thinking mind, we know that we can access prehistoric trees and trees that maybe aren't even born yet, mm. um, species and varieties. But yeah, so people uh, in the training, you get, you connect to a tree, a tree species that you work with as a grounding tool. But it's what they've showed us is that they're connected through the mycelium, the, the fungus, fungi, fungi, uh, rhizomes, all those things like the entire planet physically, almost physically, and but especially energetically, where on levels that we can't see is all connected. Yeah. Trees talk to each other, plants talk to each other. There's this huge communication thing going on, you know, that we can become very viscerally a part of, aware of. We're always a part of it, but we can become aware of it. So I want to talk more about your work, but before I do that, I want to ask you a question. For people who are living in the city, mm -hmm. how do you feel, how do they work with you with the, because I'm assuming, explain it a little bit, how they work with you with working with the tree. Is that all through energy and imagination? And then how if they, you even talked about going into the forest, which is something like you said to me, how can you do an EMDR session and then do this? It's because I live around these trees. So they're right. constantly supporting me. And then I go yeah. into the forest. Yeah. So I kind of want to yeah. do a twofold question because you seem really very, um, so uh, ex exquisitely wise about trees, like people that live in the city, right. if they want to connect with the trees, what would you suggest to them? What we said in the past is if you're in a city that's concrete, I mean, usually you can find a park or there's a tree on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. um, but let's say you're in a city where there's no parks and no trees, uh, which is please move as fast as you can somewhere. Else. <laughs> <laughs> but what I've suggested to people is go get a little house plant. Go get a plant and make that plant yeah. the focus of your way of we have to give our mind things to anchor on to um so go get a plant and do it that way or go find a patch of dirt and scratch down until you find a worm or something alive some roots something anything and just dig your feet into that dig your fingers into that um I think it's really helpful to physically have it available, but we certainly don't have to have it physically available. Yeah. And then people who are studying this with you, they're getting certified in this forest Reiki, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And because um, I'm looking at your website now, so I'll, I'll share your website in Facebook and as well as here, but it's thatmichellewolf.com. Um, and it's W-O-L-F-F, michellewolf.com, thatmichellewolf.com. And um, so is when they're working through the digital course, so they're, they're getting the Reiki and they just 
they pick a tree. Is there any kind of anything they have to do physically with the tree or is it all through the energy and the digital uh, class that teaches them just how to like work with themselves and the tree? Yeah, energy? it's all at an energy meditative level. Um, the classes are about three hours each. And I, I really resisted doing them uh, in a recorded fashion because I was super worried that it wouldn't work. Um, but there were so many people that couldn't come to a live class, time zones and work schedules and things. And so I agreed to give it to this one student I had who uh, lived in Alaska and worked just crazy schedule. And it worked extremely well for her. And so then I just started offering it out and, and then it worked just fine. And sometimes I often wonder if it works better. You know? Yeah, I know. I was just going to ask you that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cause there's no pressure, you know, you're not looking at anybody. You're not thinking about me as teacher. I'm, I'm not there or there. Um, so I do think some, in some ways it works better. So yeah, there's nothing that they have to do physically because a lot of the trees that show up are trees from childhood. Mm, trees that people remember playing under as children. Um, so that's been interesting. That's really true. Let's, can we talk about that a second? Because you, um, whenever I think about a tree, everybody think now of a favorite tree or a memory of a tree. Mine are usually from when I was a kid. Yeah. And I grew up in Brooklyn. So there was yeah. one tree in Brooklyn, as we all know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brooklyn. <laughs> I was going to say something smart ass right there. <laughs> but why do you think that is, especially if you're dealing with trauma and the nervous, you talk about the nervous system, the trees are able to heal the nervous system, which I think is so important. Why do you think we go back to our childhood and find the tree in our childhood? I think we, we had relationships with those trees. We not, we may not remember them, but the two trees I go back to is a gigantic oak in my neighbor's yard. Actually, there was cedars in my grandfather's yard that I loved, but cedars are rough. Like they have scratchy bark and the oak tree next door was huge, massive, and it dropped acorns. And we thought those were the coolest things ever with their little caps and stuff. And so I remember that tree a lot. And I also remember a maple tree because we only had one in Texas. And I loved how it changed colors. But the biggest tree for me is a mimosa tree that my sister and I used to play in a lot because mimosa tree bark is really smooth. Um, so you can clamber around in it. You don't get all scratched up like with other trees. And they have those little pink flowers. People here call them trash trees because they are gross. <laughs> like they bloom and they drop all their blooms and the blooms are sticky. But um, I think we just, we were connected to those trees and immediately we go back there. Like the tree, oh yeah, there was that tree. And we wouldn't have thought of it that way. Mm. But as children, we don't have, all the mind stuff in the way yet. We're still hopefully to present. We were just playing. There wasn't a pressure. We weren't thinking about the tree. We were just with it. Where do you think trees come from? God. <laughs> like I think, I think to me, the feeling I get when I connect to the trees is the same feeling I get when I feel connected to source energy. Yeah. It feels exactly the same to me. And do you mind if people don't believe in God, but they believe in oh, source, no. whatever yeah, they call it? Whatever yeah. name you want to slap on that is fine by me. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So talk about the nerve, how, how it, talk about the nervous system, how it can go out of whack with trauma and then how forest Reiki helps the nervous system. Let's dive a little bit deeper yeah. into that because. Well, yeah. When we look at tree roots, we're looking at a nervous system mm. branched and forked and tiny little capillaries. I mean, when we look at our neural networks, it looks just like a tree root network. Uh, and it's surrounded by a matrix of dirt and um, mushrooms and fungus and all the things that tree, we, we are learning now that trees communicate through those webs of um, microbes and rhizomes and things of that sort. The, uh, entangled life by, I can't remember his first name, but Sheldrake. Entangled life talks a lot about the relationships of fungus in the entire planet. So uh, when we're born with certain sensitivities, we can have a chaotic household with three kids in it. Every every kid will come out with a different experience of that household. Yeah. They were subjected to the exact same events, but they each had their own individual reaction to it. Even twins, like granddaughters of twins and even identical twins yeah. um, have variations in how they receive those things um, based on your nervous system. What do you go toward fight flight? Do you go toward freeze, flop, or fawn? Uh, which direction do you go when you're under stress? When we're under chronic stress, the nervous system sort of locks in to a pattern of survival whether that's fight or flight or flop freezer or flop or fawn or um, it locks itself into that and so that creates what i call your familiar bad feeling place it's the place you go every single time you're under stress yeah you always end up on the couch or you always are mad at somebody or you always are picking a fight with your partner like it's a very identifiable pattern when we want to change those patterns, we have to come at it through the nervous system. And when I was a therapist, I specialized in EMDR. So I'm a huge, mm -hmm. huge proponent of that because those things go beyond the level of speech. Yeah. We learned, started learning our default patterns before we had speech. Mm. So when we go back in the forest or we use forest reiki and we drop down deep in our body we go to that place where there is no language and that's where we can do deep unwinding um so when people are under stress then we teach them go activate go give yourself a forest reiki session go instead of ending up on the couch or with your head in the bag of doritos or whatever your thing is yeah. go give yourself a session in that moment break that pattern um, and instead of connecting to the donut connect to the dogwood you know <laughs> like do this give your because you can't end addictive and pattern behavior by just saying i'm not going to do this anymore <laughs> you know we right. have to have something to replace it with um, something that feels good um, because we're not dumb, we're not going to give up the thing that makes us feel better if we don't have another thing that makes us feel better. So while you're unwinding mindset stuff and thinking patterns, 
you have to be unwinding these things at the physical level if you want it to stick. You can make your mindset change for a while, but you eventually divert back into that familiar bad feeling place. So it's multiple things. You've got to train your mind and you have to train, you have to first identify what is your default setting and observe yourself going through that. I, I'm constantly nagging people, please just sit in silence for five minutes a day. Please, please, please. If you can sit through a stoplight, you can sit for five minutes in silence. It, you won't die from it, I promise. Um, and hear that mind chatter and start to create the gap between stimulus and response. Start to make a space where you can get in the space and consciously choose to go do a forest Reiki session rather than pick a fight with your partner, which is your usual. That makes sense. It completely makes sense. And I don't think I was aware of how much the nervous system got affected until I was um, I was taking a yoga training and yeah. I learned about the parasympathetic nervous system. Then I realized 9-11 and what it did. And what I think happens to a lot of people is they don't realize what trauma is. Right, right. Trauma is any event, no matter how seemingly insignificant, mm -hmm. that a stimulus is coming at you that you can't handle. It overwhelms your, your ability to receive energy and stimulus information, sound, sight, hearing, and you will shut it off in whatever way is your default. And that just, I think, is the biology and genetics and things of that sort. But so people will say, well, I wasn't traumatized, mm -hmm. but they have a trauma response. So mm -hmm. we're used to thinking of the way it's described as big T trauma, sexual assault, incest, car wrecks, physical assault, dramatic stuff, somebody dying of murder, like the big stuff. But these little T traumas are almost in some ways worse because they escape detection. We don't yeah. think about They're them. camouflaged. Like yeah. they're not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah. It's not that bad. Mm -hmm. But for some children, mom having a typical mom day and losing their shit at the end of, the, mm -hmm. of that day and just screaming and throwing a bowl across the room or something can really like impact a, a child who has a sensitive, who is sensitive, picking up her energy. You can't process it then you're having your own fear response to it. And then there's the shutdown that falls into a little T trauma, but it's not little it's in that it's not insignificant. Yeah. And what I love what you're sharing is we're recognizing and honoring the sensitivity, sensitive people that we are. Yeah. And I think what you're doing is extremely important because as a sensitive being, we, we need these skills in order to live in this world. Yeah. So my next question to you, and I agree with you about the little traumas and stuff like that. And when you start recognizing, like I didn't realize it until I was like, wait a second. And as a sensitive person, we're always trying to take care of other people. So we're even more traumatized at times. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my question, because this sounds like an incredible tool. Are you or the people you train able to use it in the moment the trauma occurs? Because now they have the consciousness that something's occurring that's traumatic. And now they have the forest Reiki where they know how to use it 
Are they able to use it in the moment that the trauma occurs? The, the response to the trauma? Well, we can kind of now as conscious beings experience something and go, oh, this is a traumatic event. We yeah. know, at least, you know, don't you feel that? I feel like yeah. I'm like, yeah. this is going to, this, this is, is going to get me. Yeah. Yeah. If I go by something and I see something that I don't need to see and it's scary. that yes. Okay. Effective. Yes. Yes. Can that person use the forest Reiki right at that moment in yes. order to. With practice. Yeah. So all it is, is ultimately it's a, sh it's a mindful, choiceful shifting of consciousness. Yeah. yeah. So when I look out from your face, I can see your face, which is close proximity wise, or I can relax my vision and I can see things around me, or I can look over the top of the computer and see across the street to the neighbor's house. I, I'm shifting my vision, I'm shifting my awareness of what's around me. So with practice, we can absolutely recognize, we can feel that moment where our stomach tightens and we, we catch our breath, we stop breathing for a millisecond. We can catch that and go, oh, this is like going to get me. This is getting me. Here's my thing. This is the thing my body does when I'm scared or feeling, starting to fit, feel overwhelmed. And then, yeah, in that moment, you can just drop in. Yeah. Uh, it just takes some people practice of doing the symbols and going through a process, yeah. a training. Well, it's a new language. It is a new language and it takes some discipline and the people who will do it every day, uh, which it doesn't take long, it's just a couple of minutes. But the people who do it every day, you, you're creating a conditioned response. Mm. You've had a conditioned response to, oh, when I hear this certain volume of voice, my stomach tightens and here come the hormones and here come the memories and my, yeah. I stop, I start shallow breathing and may even start shaking depending. So that's a conditioned response. We're creating a conditioned response that, oh, when you feel that starting, you hop into the tree. Yeah. You take Love a that. breath instead of, you catch yourself stopping breathing and you consciously breathe. You go, wait a minute, I, I'm not breathing. Um, 54 or whatever. This is a loud person. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. Mm -hmm. Let me drop into my hips and my feet and expand my awareness to the trees, the plant consciousness, and remember that I'm in control now. I can handle energies flowing through me now. I don't have to have that same knee jerk response anymore. And then over time, you break that conditioned response so that you can hear a loud voice and um, go, oh, that's, that's a really loud person. Now, you might not want to be around them, but you break that conditioned response of something terrible is happening. I love that. I love that. Now let's talk about the other part of your work that's super important. And guys, I dropped in her website on Facebook and I've dropped it in the chat here and everybody in membership will get this replay with uh, Michelle's information. Let's talk about procrastination because I'm assuming pro the, I want to hear why you work with people. Why do people procrastinate? And yeah. I'm assuming it's a it's attached to trauma, but I'd love to hear. I want to know why that is. We get really we have brains that are designed for comfort, mm. and if failure is comfortable or stuckness is comfortable, it's very hard to leave it for the uncertainty of 
being seen out in the world. I'll just use online business as an example because that really can lock people up. <laughs> Trying to get out and do an internet-based business is very, very challenging. So when we're required to learn all the things about these platforms, Zoom, email, Facebook, social media, uh, getting comfortable with putting things out there we've never done before. That challenges us. It's stressful. It might be a chosen good stress, but it's stressful. And so it makes us very uncomfortable. If our nervous system is still five years old, mm -hmm. we can't handle discomfort. So we'll do whatever we need to do to stay comfortable. I've never used the word self-sabotage uh, because it's not self-sabotage. It's a very smart brain staying safe, mm. which is what it's supposed to do. Only its idea of safety is a bag of Doritos. That's safety. Everything's fine. We're here. We're checked out. We're in our familiar bad feeling place, which is a safety zone. So when we know that, I'm very honest with my clients and I will tell them when you start to do these things, it's going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to do everything you can to keep from sitting down at the computer and doing your work. Yeah. You're going to spend way too much time worrying about what grandma Edna is going to think about your social media posts. Like it's okay that you do that. And just, schedule it. You're going to procrastinate. Okay. Put it on your daily task list. Procrastinate from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Then do a crazy amount of work from 2 to 4 and then call it good. Like, yeah. And then employ these tools before you go to make that post. I, mean, I have had clients who literally want to throw up before making a social media post. Yeah. Before telling people that they have these psychic skills that nobody knows about. Yeah, and get really sick to their stomach, and some people will misinterpret that as, "Oh, I shouldn't do it because my body is reacting." And it's like, no, your body's reacting because you're stepping outside of that safe place, and we're designed for safety. When you start thinking different thoughts, your brain starts producing different chemicals, which activate different parts of your nervous system, which make you feel like you have ants in your pants, and you can't sit still, and you can't focus, and blah, 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 and then you diet for safety as you should as you should so we stop judging it stop viewing it as a negative thing at instead it's a survival it's a very sweet survival let's stay alive kind of mechanism we can work with that i love that so do you use um your tree reiki and how you help people heal trauma does this eventually like start shifting for them and they're not in the procrastination mode and they get more into like up-leveling their life and their business? Yeah. Cause I'm, yeah. So you, can you talk a little bit about that? Like yeah. how you take people from their procrastination, the trauma into like living the life they're meant to live. People need to stop yeah. hiding. Yes. Yes. And, and, and I, I understand what you're saying too. I have compassion for it too. We all get yeah. it. I, like yeah. when you explained in the forest and having to tell law enforcement, this is what you do. Like, <laughs> But I love that mainstream people like us are bringing these messages out. You know, we have to. Yeah. So we're not going to make it 
through the still turbulent times we're going to keep experiencing for the next yes. few years. We're not going to survive it if we don't turn the corner on this stuff. So what we do is I uh, have a number of different ways that I do that. I've got, I use human design as a framework for to give us a structure uh, in one-on-one -on -one coaching or I have a class called Less Hustle More Human Design for business. And it's eight weeks. And so it helps to have one goal, mm. one goal. Because it's a domino effect. It's a domino effect. And when we give ourselves more than one, what do we do? We aggravate our nervous system, which leads us straight to that place. And we're not going to accomplish anything. Now you've got, you know, you start to build that cycle of every time you go to the computer, you break out in sweat and you leave then every time you go to the computer, that breaking out in the sweat gets worse and worse and worse until eventually you won't do it because you're yeah. not crazy. You won't continue to touch a hot stove. You know, you will just quit doing it. Yeah. So instead, we get really honest and build in that time for procrastination and, ignore, and start a daily practice. Just very simple, observing the self. One goal and I help people break down their big goals into the teeny weeny tiny component goals. Like I need to start an email newsletter list. Okay, what's the very first teeny weeny tiny thing you have to do? Well, I need to I build a list. I'm like, no, you need to turn your computer on. <laughs> it's so true though. <laughs> then you go open your browser. Then you go over to ConvertKit. Then you right. go, you know, because we'll do that too because our brains are just not i mean they're helpful but they're also not helpful <laughs> so yeah. we break it down super teeny tiny and i just warn them when you're going to go through that mindfully you're not going to want to go to the computer and you'll have to go anyway but you don't have to go empty-handed you can mm -hmm. do some exercises before you know that it's going to be uncomfortable so part of the problem is we think well if I'm uncomfortable, I shouldn't do it. Or if I'm uncomfortable, something's wrong with me. So not it's true. Like, it's so not true. Like, let's just prepare for it. Just like going to the dentist. It's going to be horrible, but you have to do it. And you're going to be glad you did. So you're going to go to the computer. Your body's going to react to it because you're thinking something different. You're changing your life. So the chemicals in your brain, I call it the bartender in your brain, mm. is used to mixing up a certain kind of cocktail. When you do something different, the the whole bar is like, what's happening? Something is different. She's ordered a different drink. Now we got to mix up other chemicals. And then the nerves are like, we don't know what these chemicals feel like. This is all foreign and weird. And then we want to run for the hills. So I think it's preparation, like for any other hard task. Like it's going to be uncomfortable. Here's a range of things you might physically experience. Um, know that it's coming and have a list sometimes even just a, a list on paper of things you can do you can activate your force reiki you can um, use a essential oil that you love the smell of yeah. let's pair that up with doing your work and go to your work uncomfortable and still doing the work yeah i love that i love that you said um uh, it's, if it's uncomfortable, it doesn't mean you're not supposed to do it. Cause there was this right. belief system out there. Like, 
oh, my credit card's not going through, so I'm not supposed to take this class. I'm taking it as a sign. And meanwhile, there were 20 other signs before it that were like, this is the class. How hard do you, how much do you want it? That's what the universe is right. doing. Right. Um, and it's not the credit card's not going through because of debt. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about a technical malfunction yeah. because yeah. those things know, that happen when you're in active resistance. Yeah. And I, and I love, cause, uh, it, what you said, Michelle, because I, I was thinking about a specific time when my, one of my first animals I had to put to sleep mm-hmm. and my mechanic, my thing right away was to get chips and dip because that yes. was my safety. Yeah. And now I wouldn't even think of doing that because it doesn't make me feel good. Or if I might decide to have chips and dip, I'm going to have them, whatever, but it's not sure. the thing that's making it's not me feel be a better. Thing. Yeah. So what I like about you and I'd like, cause we're going to go into a Q and a with just membership, but I want everybody in Facebook to know who you are is, and I feel like guys, this is really important. Like last week alone, I had some depression going on, which was unusual for me, but I didn't stay in my bed. I do a whole podcast about this. And this is what Michelle is talking about And this. Yeah. And to have a coach that's going to guide you through this, you're not going to feel alone. Like that's what I think is so great. And you give tools and techniques. Everybody needs the tools and techniques to continue to move forward yeah. and to stop the procrastination. Yeah. So do you, so you work with people one-on-one as well as you have this forest Reiki class. The forest Reiki class is do it yourself, but there's a live Facebook group because I don't want people to take a class like that and not have anybody to ask questions of or bounce ideas off or get support. So I hold a a live Q&A quarterly, but people can go in at any time and ask questions or share experiences because level one, you're working on yourself. Um, How, and then level two, we're, we're, you're moving into working on other people. Um, So you need support for that. Um, so there's that, and uh, then uh, so I do one-on-one. I do a lot of human design because human design teaches you how to make decisions from your body, which pairs perfectly with force striking. Because at the heart of human design, it's embodiment. It gives your mind a whole bunch of details to get lost in, while the sneak attack is it's moving you into your body and listening to your body. Mm. So every single thing I do is based on getting into your body and and being free because you're developing awareness so that you can have a choice you're not being going through life reacting to these stimuli that don't even make sense anymore but you still have that reaction to it you're not free when that's happening no and sorry go ahead no that's okay what i love that you're doing too is you're building an incredibly strong foundation because as your business grows as we know you're going to get opportunities and experiences that will shake you up a bit. And then when you have these tools, you're able to take care, to handle that situation yeah. and not run from it, run from an opportunity or beat your, for me, like after I would teach something live years ago, beat myself yeah. up over it. Oh God, for hours. Right? <laughs> I can't I believe I said that. that. Book title, like something so dumb, you know? Right, exactly. I misquoted that author. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that stuff goes because you're building this incredible, beautiful yeah, foundation. Completely. I well, actually probably, like, what? Probably when you first started doing on camera stuff, if you were like me, it's nerve wracking when you first do on camera stuff. Th- I think that's for a lot of people. I was an actress, yeah. so it was a little easier. Oh, a little different for you. Yeah. Well, 
and now it's like, oh, is there a camera? Well, I'm a ham now. Like, I'll, I'll talk on camera. What do you want to know? You know, I'll get up in there and talk. So, yeah, it, it gets better. I forgot yeah. you got your question. Well, I, I want to show your website real quick because then I want to, we have to turn it over to questions for membership. So we're going to stop. But, and then if you remember the question, please do. And I love this. This is why I had to show your website. Oh, that's what, yeah, that's in process now. And I have another one starting in July. Okay. <laughs> Unfuckwithable warriors, right? Yeah. yeah. Love it. Yeah. So she's got, if you go to michellewolf.com, you're going to be able to go to our homepage about me, read about her human decide this incredible experience and clarity session. Do you want to tell us a little bit of what this is? Yeah. So unfuckwithable warriors is for people who are wanting to overcome procrastination and own their psychic abilities. And like, I have two rules in there. You can't call it woo woo. And you're not allowed to say this might sound crazy, but like those two things are forbidden. It's not woo-woo. It's normal human talents and abilities that have been pushed off and uh, marginalized because you can't control people who are powerful. So I love that. It's owning it and dealing with the nervous system response to that. So we start mm -hmm. with force striking, we start with little techniques on the very first week, um, how, to, how to branch out and do do scary things or think about doing scary things and use these tools and break those patterns and then uh, we go in three three week cycles and then we're doing plant journeys this last week we did dandelion oh and nice at the end of any journey that we do we then connect to the body and we write from the body or they could this last time they could journal in direct communication with dandelion i love that so dandelion was when I was meditating and when I was creating the class, it was like right from your liver or right from your kidneys or just talk to the plant directly. And then we just write for five minutes. We'll, we'll do rose and then we'll do a psychedelic mushroom, the Anamita muscaria um, and for the third eye. And then we'll see what happens there and we'll write from that place. But the bottom line point of that is, is the freedom. Like empaths should not feel like they have to protect themselves. Yeah, I agree. You have to feel like you have to stuff your bra with crystals to go out of the house and make it to the grocery store. And back. Totally. Like that, you shouldn't have to do that. That's, I don't have a pro, I mean, I've got a big giant crystal right here. Like I'm surrounded, like I love them and I do some channeling through one of them. But I also want to know that if I'm out, with nothing but the clothes on my back, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay because my nervous system can handle energy. So back when we were three or four or five or whatever, we shut those things down because it was scary. Or you told somebody that, hey, grandma's in the bathroom and grandma's been dead for 15 years, you know? Yeah. And then the adults around you freak out and they get that, those things get shut down. Then when they try to open up again later, which often happens if you're under very, high stress as an adult, your defenses break down yeah. and these gifts and abilities start to open back up again. And, but then your nervous system is five years old and it can't handle it. Yeah. So we're growing up and strengthening just like you would work out if you hadn't worked out in 20 years. You're going to have to start slow Yeah. Uh, and educate your nervous system like, oh, you can walk past the angry uh, drunk guy 
in the parking lot at the grocery store. You can walk past him, you can feel his yucky stuff and, and be okay. Like you can just let it flow on through you because your body will, won't react to it because it will know that that is just an energy. Energy can't hurt you. It's just a sense, it's a sensation running through your nervous system and you can handle that. I, I think that's so powerful and so important. And I can't tell you how many times I see people breaking, was the word breaking down or hiding or not being able to go out because of it. And I don't even like using the word protection anymore no. because I agree with you. We're already safe. We're already protected. <laughs> what are you protecting yourself from? Like, I get it. And I used to set up shields and I, that's what I was Me taught. too. And then later I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. If we're, we can't have it both ways. We can't say that we're all one and then say, I got to protect myself from uh, Tammy's evil spell on me or, you know? <laughs> well, what it does, and you said it first on and you're a believer like I am, we have free will we too. Have free will. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. it some of this stuff, like I, I'm, I'm not a woo woo person at all. I think you can tell. I actually wrote a whole article about how I can't stand woo woo people. So, <laughs> but well, I can't stand that kind of woo woo person. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but what I love that you offer up the way that you describe it, and I want everybody to go check out Michelle's work because I think this is really important. Coming, well, everybody listens to me. Most people listen to me. Everybody's gifted, right? And you have these gifts. We all are. And the, the way that she describes the way you go into your nervous system, it's true. A lot of us, I shut it down. A lot of us shut it down. And then when it opens back up, you're like, it's so unprepared. I was scared out of my mind. You know, yeah. it was exciting and curious and petrified. You know, there yeah. was so much, I thought, well, I thought I was going nuts. So yeah, I thought I had adult onset schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I thought do it was I need to go to a doctor? Like what's happening? Yeah, exactly. So it's great that you give that. So uh, everybody, we're going to, I'm going to end the Facebook live because we have uh, members where we, this is where we give them the questions. Um, and I see some members have left questions on the Facebook. I may have a hard time, Cheryl, seeing that because sometimes it doesn't let me see the whole stream. So if you could put it in the Q&A and Zoom, it'd be great. Michelle, is there anything on my Facebook page that you would like to say to anybody before we can, I end that and we continue just with membership alone? I guess just op open up to the idea of, of uh, just a five minute silent meditation every day and mm -hmm. just start to set an intent. If I could get everyone on the planet to set an intention to know themselves, to be aware of their reactions and their thoughts, mm -hmm. uh, that would change the entire planet. I agree. I also loved how much you said about just even communicating with dandelion, which I tend to yeah. eat a lot. <laughs> so good for you. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, everything she said, go back and listen, but go check her out. And then you must be on Facebook and stuff too. Is it under your name, sweetie? Or? Yeah, it's a, uh, uh, yeah, it's Michelle Wolf 11. Instagram's Michelle Wolf 11. Great. Michelle Wolf 11. You can Don't find follow her. me on Twitter. That's my angry place. <laughs> I, I'm not even on Twitter. <laughs> Avoid it. <laughs> Don't follow her on Twitter. <laughs> I do a lot of ranting over there. That's where my ra ranty Michelle gets to go play on Twitter. 
<laughs> love that. I've been thinking about it lately because I know people love it. So thank you everybody on the Facebook page. Anybody from membership, join the Q&A in Zoom right now so we can do a couple. We're gonna do a couple of questions. We kind of ran over a little bit. So I wanna make sure Michelle has time. And oh, wow. I'm gonna be doing a live tomorrow at um, uh, two o'clock and you're not gonna to wanna to miss it. So everybody uh, join me tomorrow at two o'clock and thank you so much. Let me just stop the Facebook live. And we are here. All right. That was this is so interesting. So Jennifer's question is, and Jennifer, thank you so much. My computer makes a lot of noise during Zoom, so it's annoying me, Jennifer. It. And I'm a little tired today. So she was picking up dense energy for me. I'm oh, like, oh yeah. It's a, it's um, a tiring kind of day. It feels like Yeah. That. I also I got a tick bite, so I'm on antibiotics, but we're not gonna get into that. Sorry. Right. You had me in VR session. Let's not forget yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all the above. All the above. <laughs> All right. What I'm going to go the trees after. So Jennifer's question is my energetic, energetic tie to the trees has such a wide remote connection that I don't have to be in the forest to feel them or communicate. Actually, when I'm in the forest, I find that I'm physically swirling and almost like a vortex within me and then in, in the mountains even more so. I have strong emotional ties to childhood trees too. Yeah. How do I work with the physical feelings that overcome me when entering a forest? Hope that makes sense. Yes, it's that nervous system training. Mm. It's it's everything comes back to that. So if you didn't work out for ten years and I threw you in a gym and tried to make you chest press a hundred pounds, you literally couldn't do it. Um, it's the same. You probably didn't have those same reactions as a kid, uh, but when we're cut off from things and then we reawaken, we start to go through that enlightenment process. These things come online and it can feel like dizziness, your ears might ring. Exactly. Not that there aren't medical reasons for that. Let's be clear, I'm not a doctor, but it feels swirly and weird. It almost feels like you can't even stand up straight correctly. Um, so in those moments, what I would do is I would just drop down on the ground, put my back up against a tree and just breathe and remind myself I'm, I'm, tra I'm in training. The same way I would go to the gym and lift weights to get stronger, I'm in this moment training my nervous system to get stronger mm -hmm. so that it can feel the direct impact of the power of the trees and, and be okay. Mm -hmm. Become familiar again. In the old, in the old, old, old days, um, those, those perceptions wouldn't have been cut off or somebody would have been around us to say, recognize that we were overwhelmed and shut down and comfort us and tell us oh you just shut down it's okay let's go play in the water that was scary you know let's go do some things to recover and we would have not lost touch with that and then when we reawaken to it we would have, have had someone there like oh you need to go into training now so that you can handle powerful sensations in your body and not feel like you're getting lost in that. Does that make sense? Completely makes sense. Yeah. Completely. I'm sure it does. So Jennifer and says everybody else. I absolutely, yeah, she said, I absolutely love that. I'm going to make this a new practice. It completely makes sense. Yeah. yeah um, it's practice. It's very simple and it's very mechanical. It's not a mystery. Yeah. Uh, so Debbie D said, and yes, I eat dandelions. She says, do you eat dandelions? I, but there's different dandelions. She says, I have so many in my yard. Don't eat them. It's, 
unless you know that they were not sprayed last year. So you have to wait at least a year if, if the plants have been treated with pesticide before you can safely eat them. I, I buy them from the store, so the organic store. I buy them from the store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, when I lived in the forest, I just moved back toward the city. Um, I ate whatever was in the yard, but now I need to wait. Yeah, if you never spray your yard, you can eat them. All of it. You can eat every part of it. But is that the same? Because they've never even made the connection that, that, you know, the thing that you blow on and make a wish, that's a dandelion too, right? It's the seeds. I wouldn't eat those. Yeah, exactly. So it's the, the greens that we're talking about. Come out in the spring is the best time to eat them. Once they're like midsummer and once they've bloomed and made their little seed puffy thing, they're pretty bitter. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Okay, so and then I wanted to just because I didn't realize it, wanted to make sure we got to everybody's questions. We have one more question. But Jennifer, I wanted to go back to what um, Michelle said. I think it's super important because as a kid, Michelle, you said something really magical there. I had so much energy running through me, my whole body would shake. Yeah. And I was growing up in a traumatic childhood, traumatic lifestyle. And you're so right. That's what you're doing today with people is like, when you have that experience, do something beautiful, go take that bath or go play with that tree and, and do the energy of the tree. Cause you're, you're reworking. I, I never want my nervous system to go to that space yeah. that it was in before. Yeah. Yeah. You're just breaking the, a patterned response. Yeah, it, love it's, that. A, it's mechanical in that sense. You know, if you hear a loud sound as a baby, your body will react to that. It's, it, it, it's predictable. Yeah. If you're exposing yourself to energies that your nervous system isn't either, it, it may not be educated about it. It's a new experience uh, or uh, you just don't have the capacity for it. So you train your nervous system to have the capacity to feel intense sensations and not run away from them. We run up and we live up here mm. or we do something addictive. Yeah. To escape the intense, the intensity. So true. Um, Cheryl asks, says, I'm a human design reflector. I swear, I think I have trauma just from how people have reached yes, to that my entire <laughs> life, especially biological mother. Are you a reflector too? Is that what you said? I'm a projector. Oh, okay. uh, I'm almost a reflector because I have so much open space. I only have three defined centers and two channels. I'm very rich. Okay. So she said, um, um, I swear, I think I have trauma just from how people have reached to that my entire life, especially biological mother. Do you think that's possible? What do you recommend? 30 yeah. day waits are just too damn long to be realistic through a week can be, though a week can be life changing, life saving. Yeah. Yeah. So in human design, they say not so much anymore, but it, Ross said it takes seven years to decondition from your childhood program. When you're a projector or a person with a lot of open space, you're conditioned in those open spaces, meaning that you absorbed your parents. We all do this to some degree. We have to make the big people happy because they control yes. food. So we conform, we we do whatever it takes. We distort ourselves to survive. Then when we grow up and start to pick that stuff apart, you have to notice your conditioned responses now to people who look like your mother or sound like her or react to you like her. Uh, and then the things she taught you about the world have to be unlearned. So 
if there's a thunderstorm and a mom's holding a baby on the porch and it's lightning and cracking and stuff, if that mom is loving that thunderstorm, that baby's going to feel just fine. Mm -hmm. But if the mom holding the baby is terrified of the thunderstorm and she's out there watching it because she's so afraid it's going to hit the house that she can't take her eyes off of it, that conditions that baby to react to that event in that way. So that's the stuff we're all picking apart. And that it's interesting because there's so many of that has happened and we don't even, like you said, have the words for it because that's the stuff that was messing up with our nervous system before we even had the understanding that's what it was. Yeah, we couldn't process that. That's why mm -hmm. so many people shut down is we couldn't process it. And then when we could process it, there was no one there to teach us because we, have, we don't have that anymore. Yeah. I mean, we're recovering it, but... You know, nobody was there when we were 13 losing our minds to tell us you're going through uh, these kinds of changes we got the maybe the physical talk but we didn't get the energetic talk mm -mm. and we didn't get told that if you did see grandma in the bathroom and she's been dead for 15 years that that's fine yeah like good for you honey <laughs> yeah yay what you do <laughs> tell her i said hello <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so Cheryl said she has zero defined sentence. Yeah, she's a reflector. Yeah. Um, so Kelly asks, do you find trees have personalities and specific types have different messages? I do. I can't tell you if it's uh, all oak trees feel the same way and all maple trees Tree. feel the same way, but I definitely feel different types of reactions from different trees I happen to be next to. A lot of times it's just this same like we get from our guides, this sort of tolerant, affectionate, oh, you're so cute, you little idiot, you know, kind of like you're so dumb and you're so cute. You know, like it's this affectionate, loving, um, this presence and the humor, I feel, I don't know how to describe it really, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I do. Yeah. I do. And I think, don't you think that um, with the trees too, I mean, I think you can start with a, maybe like a, a generalization of what a specific tree may mean, but it's going to have like an identity to you because of childhood things. Yeah. And then also what's going on in your life and how it's supporting you. And yeah. yeah. And, and our conditioning. Um, so it was a discussion in the Forest Reiki graduate group recently that uh, you know, those of us who've been doing it for a long time don't perceive that the trees grieve when they're cut down. Mm. Uh, they're all connected. It'd be the same as us cutting our hair. We don't cry over our cut hair. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hair. And they, they aren't losing contact with each other. But there are people who have significant grieving reactions when a tree is cut down. Mm -hmm. So what we were talking about is how, in our opinion, me and uh, Bettina, who's probably the other most experienced person working with plant consciousness in that group, it, it, trees and plants offer you a mirror. They offer to you an experience of what you need. Yeah. You see a tree cut down and you're on your knees sobbing, it has offered you the opportunity to release the grief that's held within you already. Because the trees do experience, like I talked to my trees today, they all got trimmed. <laughs> and I was like, hey, the trimmers are coming. 
I'll give you a little, you know, I'll be thinking about you and, and all that. They don't need us though, right? We need them. Yeah, totally. You're fine. Um, so when the trees, my neighbor cut down all their trees, which I thought was just a damn shame, like, cause they're so beautiful, but I didn't have that grief reaction that somebody else with untapped, well, let's say their shadow side, they hadn't faced that yet. They had some stuff in there and mm -hmm. a, the energy of trees can mirror to us and offer us a portal for healing. If we want to talk about it that way. That's great. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to take like one more, but I'm just going to say Cheryl said, cause I think I, I don't do human design. I don't know anything about human yeah. design. Um, yeah. And, and this is sometimes my concern with things like this. I think it's, I see people do it and they, they absolutely love it and resonate with it so much. So I'm a fan of it, yeah. of what I know about it. Yeah. But here's the qu question, cause Cheryl's asking, but others still react to the reflector energy beyond mom. I have zero defined centers. It almost feels like she's getting, tell me if I'm wrong and Cheryl, I might be wrong. She's getting trapped in a definition of it and it's not empowering her. And that's what can, sometimes I wonder about these things. Can you answer that question that she just asked? Uh, I see that same type of, uh, energy in a question if somebody's highly empathic, mm, like you feel okay. at, um, you feel that the world is a threatening place that mm. you can be damaged by other people's energy. But the way that my teacher teaches and I signed up with her to learn because I have that same philosophy is it's just energy mm. and energy is going to flow through you and you can be aware of it or you can try to push against it, but pushing against it is a mental game. Yeah. You can't push against air. Mm -hmm. So it would be like the way I describe it is it would be like if you stepped outside and tried to pick and choose and only breathe the good particles of oxygen, <laughs> yeah. you're breathing in oxygen, you're breathing in all of it. And you have to trust that your system will filter out what you don't need. She described it as a window screen that the air is blowing through the window screen. And we can try to prevent that from happening. But when we are preventing it from happening, we're just going unconscious. We're yeah. just tuning out those sensations where it's incredibly empowering if you like, oh, it's hot air blowing through me right now. Oh, it's cold air blowing. Oh, it's been raining and there's wet air blowing through me right now. It's when we strip off the judgment and the fear, it's just energy. Everything has an energy signature. A tree feels different than a car, feels different than a kitten. Yeah. So it's different energy signatures. And the, my goal is that everyone be so educated that energy cannot hurt you and you can expand your vocabulary and your capacity to feel the sensations of tree, car, kitten, and not be threatened or changed by it in any way, then you're free. Well, that's why I think, and I'd love to hear Cheryl, what you think, honey, um, if this helps you, but that's why I think it's empowering what you do because you have the therapy, you have all the expertise in these areas that you're able to help people. They didn't have the tools to be able to distinguish kitten from car and hot air from cold and have the screen, right. yeah. but now you're giving them the tools to do that. So you can have this information of what human design you are in human design and then do take the tools and really make it a powerful situation. Right. That's what it feels like. A good so design teacher will teach you that your open spaces, and Ross said this too, and that's gotten distorted, but the founder of it said that is where you become wise. 
and you become wise because you get to experience all the energy signatures, all of them. To do that, you have to have the capacity to do that. And that is extremely powerful. People with all open centers are technically have the potential to be more wise than anyone else because they can receive all of it. She says more confusing. They think the energy is mine. That's what a reflector is. I, I can't answer that because I don't understand. Yeah, and that's not your business, what they think of it. Mm. They can do whatever they want. Your business is your business. So Paula asked, um, I missed the very beginning. Sorry, so you may have covered this. Okay, but when I think of trees in the forest, I think of their neurology and how the roots breathe and move together. Well, sitting, so she teaches a specific forest Reiki. And you can, I'm gonna actually address another question real quick, just so that we could summarize it right now. And then we're gonna move into that question, Paula, and then end. So, cause Cheryl was also asking about, and she may have missed this in the beginning of the forest Reiki versus standard Reiki. You've brought them together, correct, Michelle? Uh, using Reiki in the sense of universal life force energy. Okay. So Not, it, uh, I was trained in Usui Reiki. Mm -hmm. And when you trace Usui Reiki back to the beginnings, he didn't have symbols. He didn't have a structure. He attuned students by attuning himself and sitting next to them. Mm. So when you strip all the things that happen, you know, we bring these things into the world and over time, our mind likes to tinker with it and mm -hmm. add rules and structures and things that actually take you away from the heart of it. But the heart of it and what I hear from other people and what I experience myself is that forest Reiki is upper and I mean, uh, Usui is upper, uh, more spiritual, more mental, more upper body, and force Reiki is way down deep in the body, mm. like dark earth where there's no words, there's no direction. We're not doing, we're being. I love that. I just can breathe totally into that. I love that. Even when we just talk about it, you can feel your body go. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to finish reading Paula's question because she said yeah. something like that. So she said, and I agree with you because I, I could feel into that. And, and that was something spirit said to me the other day. It was like, just be, don't try. I was trying to figure out something in my business and it was like, let it alone. Just be, I said it to a client actually. And I started like, I got caught up in the emotion because they were teaching it to me at the same time. Yeah. So she said, when I think of trees in the forest, I think of their neurology and how their roots breathe and move together. Will sitting with them in meditation in a cranial to a trunk meditation help to heal our physical brain injuries? Now I have a feeling, Paula, like you said, you missed this, but yeah. she said, thanks. It's time to go hug a tree after this. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I can't, I mean, there's the biology, the biological changes that the body goes through, which the Japanese have given us years of data to support. So we know that the body is healed by being by trees. We know that because it relaxes and the stress hormones go down and the blood pressure and the heart rate goes down. Your body has the ability to heal itself, but we have to relax it. We have to make sure our vagus nerve is calm and uh, able to receive. When we're tense, we can't receive. Mm -hmm. Can't manifest because we can't receive. So absolutely sitting by a tree is gonna heal you in ways that you can't even identify. Yeah, when I when COVID happened, um, 
So everything shut down. So all the stimulus was, you know, I couldn't go play tennis. I couldn't do the things Perfect. that normally make me. And then I hiked every single day, sometimes twice a day, you know, cause they're all here. All I have to do is walk to them. All right. I was like, you know, I'm, I know COVID was very difficult for very many people. So I don't take away the compassion for that. But for me, it was like very biblical in the beginning. It was yeah. very much. And I, I thank the forest for that because it was just, just yeah. being that, that unity that you talk about. So amazing. Yeah. So yeah. healing. So this is the last question. Cause I want to take it. Cause it was only one more question there. Debbie says, and thank you so much for your time, Michelle, there are sure. trees and plants that cause there are trees and plants that cause irritation to my skin. Is it okay to take them out? Take them out. Uh, what, take them out of the dirt. I think she's has a oh, garden, no. has a thing. So there's trees and plants that yeah, irritate yeah, her skin. Yeah. Yes, they don't. I mean, they don't think of the world the way we do. Uh, you know, they're not worried about. Oh my God, I've only been alive for forty days, and now this woman has yanked me out of the <laughs> of the garden, and you know, life is over, and all those things. I mean, it's not. It's not the same. What I would say is connect to those plants energetically and see if they have something to offer you. Like what about them maybe offering you a portal for healing in the irritation? Mm, but yeah, that. I mean, if, if I, if I have poison ivy in the yard, it's, it's out of here. I don't, mm. it's gone. I'm not going to have that. I don't actually react to poison ivy, but my granddaughters probably do. So, so. funny. I, I feel that way about poison oak. I don't, react to it because I didn't even know it was there. <laughs> and I, I then really, someone pointed it out. I'm like, oh my goodness, I've been walking through that. I've been like well, I was dancing through it. Yanking all these vines out that I thought were just some kind of ivy. And they were, they were poison ivy. <laughs> I had no reaction to it at all. Yeah. Um, I know. I would think about, I was in the forest the other day and there's a bunch of poison oak and I'm like, I'm not going to go to the, cause I said it to a woman on, on, that I ran into in a trail and she's like, you think? I was like, what a mean thing, but yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you so much, Michelle. Um, please, for please, please go check out. Oh, I'm so fascinated by your work. I love your philosophies. They're very similar to mine. And that's always really important to me when we bring people in. I just shared your website. We will make sure that we share it again with the replay. Um, and so how would, what would you like to leave us with anything at all i love the meditation five minutes a day no matter what oh god just please go outside and take your shoes off and put your feet on the ground yeah and and breathe from your feet and just ask asking questions opens doors and mm -hmm. just ask like what does the dirt under your feet have to tell you what what does it want you to know what do you want it to know um and just ask I so agree with that because people complicate it and it's like, no, just ask and listen, listen with your heart, listen with your whatever. Ask your liver why it's upset. Yeah. I love that. I'm struggling. Yeah. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we got to meet and everything. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it a ton. Thank you. Good You're question. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad people don't mind me going off a script, but I'm very fascinated. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have a good night. Good, good luck with everything. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.